0: And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 306, aka year seven, week four, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with
1: MC and my thoughts.
0: Oh, your thoughts. Well, we can start there because (laughs) we're recording this at an abnormal, uh, time and place this week. So there's not going to be any call in numbers, um, because you, were not that you would call anyway but we don't really expect it this week. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the crypto market right now? I have an article that we might want to get into, but you if you've got sure. general thoughts ahead of
1: that. Well, I, I, I was just thinking just now that uh, it's funny that now that Bitcoin's near $50,000 per coin, uh, now all of a sudden people are getting aci- excited about it and wanting to buy in. It's like, they just don't get it, you know? <laughs>
0: it's it's frustrating when you've been like talking to people about it for you know over a decade now right
1: yeah and, and so of course there, there's probably still a lot of room for it to go up um but at this point let's say let's say Bitcoin gets to two hundred thousand there's a real good chance that it comes back down to fifty thousand so um, for those you know trying to uh, get a, a quick buck that's okay if if you're good at you know, holding on to what you actually want. Um, But what ends up happening is um, people end end up chasing the the price of Bitcoin up over and over and over, selling on the way up and rebuying and and losing value. And then then it comes back down to $50,000 and they have less than they started with. So uh, that's my only point. Um, Things that go up make people uh, want to turn into traders instead of, uh, people seeking value, so um, they end up with less value because they don't value anything, <laughs> you know.
0: And <laughs> they, I want to say some of them because yeah, I mean, it can yeah. be a successful strategy.
1: It's sure, just... it can be, um, but like I said, for most people, it's not. Right. Um, the the people that are going to be successful are probably were probably already in uh, to begin with. You know, they're probably in at uh, ten ten thousand or under 20,000. And, uh, and now they're just chasing, uh, which, uh, you know, I'm not against it's that's part of the market to figure out prices and stuff. Um, but, but what, what I'm saying is it's, it's, you know, friends and family that are now, uh, having FOMO, uh, fear of missing out and they're going to get in now. And, uh, it could, you know, most likely it won't work out, uh, in, in their favor. In the long run, so, um, but I'm not saying don't buy Bitcoin. I think well, like like long term, Bitcoin still going to a million dollars because they're going to keep printing dollars until uh, it's confetti, or worse. I want
0: you to flesh that out a little bit because if it's currently let's you know let's round up and call it fifty. If it's currently fifty, if it's and it's going to a million, what makes you think that your friends or family um, won't make out in the long run?
1: Because whenever they trade and it gets to the peak and they've got their euphoria and it starts coming down, they'll sell and then they'll buy back and then they'll sell again and they'll buy back. <laughs> and these, each trade they're losing value, uh, okay, because they're mistiming it. and, and the, the, <clears throat> they probably won't end up holding on until you know it starts when, when it starts going up again because they will be down at some point. Um, and uh, that's when people sell is, is when it's down. Um, there's a lot of people that you know bought Bitcoin when it was, when it was twenty thousand, and then it went down uh, under ten thousand, and that's when they sold. Because you know, uh, you know, we have a, a mutual friend that kind of. Well, I mean, he he still made made money, but, um, but he's apparently that... back in. By the way, have you talked to him recently? <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: He sent back he sent in, me in. he sent me a text message. He goes, "It's okay to talk to me about Bitcoin again. I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> should we tell him to get out (laughs) (laughs) well i I I told him this i told him the same thing we told him the last time i said well now that you're back in and you've kind of like learned a little bit over the last you know four or five years i don't know when when we originally got him in um i said same thing like last time right stop looking at it every day and just give it a few years and then check
1: in on it." he goes i look at it every day i go well (laughs) of course you do of course you do um and so i so i told them and, th- and there's this thing it's, it's it's psychological uh that the way people will trade and when you get that feeling that you don't have to look at it every day that it's up i feel good i'm comfortable that's when you need to sell <laughs> so okay um okay, but they okay. Don't so for, they for don't sell then. because they're comfortable they wait sure. until they're uncomfortable when it's down and then that's the way they make the trade and and they always and that's always the wrong time to trade because uh you're you're hurting so
0: maybe this is just me personally then but if if that's if that's your advice i probably should have sold a long time ago right
1: because when it it was up and when you were comfortable
0: well because i'm i'm always comfortable
1: well yeah so you're yeah so you just buy and hold and spend it when you need it that's that's, that's my that's
0: do. my personal plan yeah. because and that works I, great yeah now am, am I maximizing value by doing it that way? no right can I can I time the ups and downs and and make more bitcoin in the long run probably uh, given my skill set you know trading and figuring these things out is am I more likely to to lose uh, bitcoin in the long run by mistiming everything probably uh, you know th- there are some there are some days. Right where I go, like I haven't checked the you know the the price of Bitcoin in days, and I I do you know show prep for this show and and free talk live, right? And I'll come across an article. It's like Bitcoin's to the moon, and I go, oh shit! I better check the price, and then I'm you know shockingly ecstatic. Right? And they're like, oh, <laughs> it's it's at twenty now, fantastic. You know, back to the news uh, until it's like it's at thirty now. I'm like, oh fucking fantastic! Back you know back to the news. I, I don't care. Um, now, you know, you know, me and M we we have we're, we, how do I want to phrase this? We're not in financial difficulty. Um but we were starting to like sell a little bit because, you know, hey, you got to have cash on hand, you know, for real estate purchases and we're kind of looking at that. Um but then, you know, the, you know, this was when it was like, you know, approaching 20 I go, let's just sell out a little bit, you know, so we have, you know, we have the dollars for the real estate purchase if we're going to move forward with that. Um and then it goes up to 30 because like, I don't think we should be selling right now. I go, okay. You know, up to you at not selling now delays that real estate purchase. Right. Cause got to be ready for it. And then it goes up to 40 and now close to 50 and now I go, okay, maybe, maybe we're no longer in the real estate market. Uh, because the funds that we were going to use for that perhaps would have come out of this crypto. And as long as that's rising at, you know, the current rate, uh, maybe not, you know, but again, I don't really look at it on a daily basis. So, if we decide that you know uh, real estate is going to be the next investment, uh, you know that we make get our own house instead of renting, um, then whatever the price is, we're going to have to cash out a little bit or or buy back in or whatever. Uh, yeah So yeah. So I don't pay attention to it. I, I I I don't I don't trust myself enough to guess the tops and bottoms correctly. Um, but I fundamentally I do know that that's how you can get ahead. If you do it right, if you're, you know, I also, I generally feel that with, you know, the, with the daily fluctuations, um, with enough holdings, I almost think there are arbitrage opportunities available if you can split that across exchanges.
1: Sure. Yeah, there is. And Um, if you can, and there's people that are working on it and that have software that does it automatically. So,
0: yeah, so there you go. So it's, you know, for, for those people, it's very easy to make money on every trade, right? Because the, the software does, if one, if one exchange has it, you know, for, you know, 47,000 and the other has it for 48,000, uh, you buy one, sell one and you're up a thousand dollars, right? And your, and your, 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 your crypto position hasn't changed. So to me, it's, it always seems like one of those, well, it takes money to make money things. right. Oh, right. You're saying,
1: I, I agree. It takes okay. money to make money. And,
0: uh... so Speaking of that, I do have this headline here that I I think is funny in in the Bitcoin sphere. Uh, German regulators seize $60 million in Bitcoin, uh, but don't have the password Uh, from Zero Hedge. One of the obvious appeals of Bitcoin is that it is decentralized in nature and therefore immune from being plundered by governments and central banks globally. We haven't seen a better example of that in action than a recent story out of Germany. German prosecutors seized more than $60 million in Bitcoin from a fraudster, uh, quote-unquote, who is now done serving his jail sentence, according to Reuters. There's only one problem. They don't have the password to access the Bitcoin wallet, and the man is now out of prison. Uh, The person that prosecutors seized the Bitcoin from reportedly won't spill the beans either. He has been, quote-unquote, maintaining his silence, after being sentenced to jail and has since served his sentence, the reports, and I don't know why there's so many quotes on that, uh, since served his sentence is also in quotes, uh, the prosecutor in the town of Kempton, uh, said the police have made numerous efforts to access the 1700 Bitcoin, but have been unsuccessful. Uh, prosecutor, Sebastian Muir said, we asked him, but he didn't say, perhaps he doesn't know. Sure. The man who had committed fraud was sentenced to more than two years for hacking into other computers and using them to mine Bitcoin. But hey, maybe he just forgot his password to $60 million in Bitcoin. <laughs> as most Bitcoiners already know, the currency is stored in digital wallets that are secured through encryption. A password can be used as a decryption key to open a wall. And when a password is lost or forgotten, a wallet can't be opened. Ironically, when the man was put behind bars, his Bitcoin would have been worth significantly less. In, 2018, in early 2018, Bitcoin made its first run above 11000 uh, since then, the Bitcoin's value has more than tripled, uh, and as of today, almost quadrupled. So, end of the article. Uh, does he have an obligation to share his password? Like, he's he's obviously criminal, right? For the, for the hacking aspect of it. Um, but what do you do?
1: Uh, what do you do? that is, that is the question. Um,
0: I but- mean, part of me thinks the authorities like have his computer, right? And they're like. We, we must crack this password to get to the bitcoin wallet and meanwhile if he's out and has you know the 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 past the the seed phrase stored somewhere else like you know which
1: which he might not have there's there's a lot of people that just have their wallet and they have a password on it and that's that's all they use and then okay um, some people are totally fine with that um and so let's say he doesn't get his laptop back or whatever then uh he just might not be able to ever access it again. Or maybe you'll have to make a deal with the government and say, I'll give you a million dollars if you uh you know let me have my wallet back.
0: I mean we're we're kinda assuming uh German laws are are similar to the United States because I don't know what the German law says. Um sure. but does does he get his property back after serving sentence? Like surely this was evidence in a crime? Is it you know <laughs> Well you know the government they might just lose it or <laughs> Sure. I also Part of me part of me part of me wants to believe that even though he's a criminal uh, the fact that he was a a hacker criminal lends me to believe that he knew more about what he was doing than the average person and that maybe he was smart enough to you know not only keep his seed phrase or his password on like the one device right
1: yeah you really can't assume anything
0: yeah, you're right, but at the same time, if it were me Right, if, if I was doing something nefarious, uh, you know, I, I'd have I'd have like that dead man switch key somewhere, right? Like, this is g- sure. this is g- mailed to my mom, you know, put it in the safe, mother, uh, kind of a thing. Don't if they, if they come looking for it, this, you have no idea what those twenty six letters are for, or twenty six words are for, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, espe- especially, if, you know, was it seventeen hundred Bitcoin a- at even even at the two thousand and eighteen price.
1: Uh, you know, I mean, if if you have that much, why? And this is kind of uh, pointing out something obvious to me that maybe he he doesn't have, uh, you know, the backup phrase or something, is that well, why would you have them all in one wallet? Why not have multiple wallets if you've got that much? You know, in case you know you lose one of them or or you get uh, you know, arrested and they find one of them, you don't want them to find all of them, you know. So
0: that's also fair. Um, one of the one of the things that I learned from you that I thought, you know, I didn't know how to do personally, um, was having the same wallet accessible on multiple devices.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so that, that's good, but it also adds more chances of it, you know, getting hacked or, or something like that. So,
0: um, understood. But to me, I kind of look at, like, I have my phone and my tablet and my computer, right. Mm-hmm. And from all three of those devices, I can log into my bank account. Right. Yep. Yep. I don't I don't have a different bank account for each device. I have yep. the bank account. You know and so
1: for, for your next lesson, uh, what you should do is is not have three devices that can have access to your to your wallet. Uh, well, uh, well, we'll call it a savings account. So you, ha- you have your spending wallets that you can have multiple devices, but for your savings, you want a hardware wallet. Sure. And you can have multiple hardware wallets, and if you lose one of them, no harm, no foul. Uh, well, small, hard, to... if you don't get, if you don't have the backup seeds, right. You always need a backup seed or another backup hardware wallet.
0: Right. That's why that's why I think that the, the police in this case, I mean, I'm making assumptions granted fine, um, uh, seem to be more naive because it, it seems like they have the device, uh, and they're, you know, we, we need to crack this password, not understanding that, that wallet can be accessed by, you know, an infinite number of devices, uh, sure. if someone has the right phrase and maybe he's waiting to, you know, extradite himself, uh, out of Germany in some form or fashion, you know, you, you save up a few thousand, wait for COVID to pass and make that trip down to the Caribbean. And then all of a sudden, you know, sixty, seventeen hundred 1700 Bitcoin just move wallets,
1: you know, <laughs>
0: they go, what happened here? We've had the laptop the whole time and now it's all gone.
1: Yeah. Well. And that's why he shouldn't also use uh, Bitcoin because Bitcoin is traceable. And so they'll be able to see it move around. If he had a Monero wallet, then, uh, they wouldn't be able to see it leave the wallet.
0: So for all you nefarious people out there, use Monero. For everybody, just for your own safety. Okay. Also fair. I just, you know, that's a, that's a whole nother topic in the crypto space is, you know, picking, picking the best daily use crypto. Um, when Bitcoin just sits right there out yeah. in the open as currently the most valuable.
1: And I and I still say Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Well, I mean, as it sits right now to me is not a daily use thing. Um, I, I think of it more like a hedge against inflation and uh, a way to add some more personal responsibility in your own life um, rather than let the banksters and the, the fraudsters uh, be in complete control of of your life. So, um, so, so yeah, I, I would say it's more of a savings thing than it is sure. day day to day spending thing. Uh, yeah. But you know, do what you want. Do do whatever's efficient for you. Um, you know, so there's a lot of people that that do use crypto every day, and uh, it works for them. So, you know, more power to them.
0: Yeah, and um, you know that that happens a lot more often here uh, in New Hampshire than it ever would have in Hawaii and like I respect the people who do that but at the same time for me personally like how much I always wonder how much
1: crypto they keep on hand you know what I mean <laughs> well, because yeah. with with with, with these they need to run stuff and to do that most people trade in dollars still so it's cumbersome uh, but it's not it's not really a big deal there's it's because it's so easy to transfer in and out of uh, currencies um, you know, even fiat or, um, uh, whatever, really, um, that it's not really a big deal. I mean, they, they've got, you know, the BitPay service. If you want to buy a computer parts, you can get on new and, yeah. uh, you know, you can pay in Bitcoin. Now, do they keep the Bitcoin at all? No, they transfer immediately to dollars. They sell it on the market, but yeah. you know, so what, <laughs> you know, no, I'm not, you, I'm what, you know, there's people that want to get out of their Bitcoin and get into something else. It doesn't really matter what they do with it. Um, now, yeah. What will be interesting is what Tesla does with it. Now, most of if if they start accepting Bitcoin for Tesla's, uh, most of it, I think, will be, uh, you know, cashed out the same as as BitPay. Um, But they're holding on to 1.5 billion of it. So maybe they try to increase the amount that they're holding and and maybe they just uh, become uh, uh, they they try to um, what do you call it? set set the price of bitcoin themselves and so that manipulate you know, the bitcoin market not, not necessarily manipulate it but um if if they get paid in bitcoin you know don't sell it immediately just set the set, set the price a little bit higher and so anybody who wants bitcoin uh can you know can buy it from Tesla at you know slightly higher price than somebody uh, uh, sold it for sure um and so they could always keep the price you know steadily moving higher as long as people want to part with their uh, Bitcoin for Tesla's
0: so let me say one more thing about the daily use before i I move in to comment on the Tesla thing my 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 concern issue problem whatever with the daily use is has more to do with the the daily volatility of specific coins mm-hmm. um, more so than the convenience because again in New Hampshire there's a lot of places it's it's not even a convenience thing at this point um you know the the restaurant that we usually go to uh for you know sunday night meetups um not only do they take cryptocurrency right but everyone has like our regular waiters fucking like private any pay address or edge edge address and they just they tip him directly and he's got his own fucking wallet set up right (laughs) so it's it's infinitely more convenient than it was you know a few years ago Oh good, Uh, at least here right like it's you know they've 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 got it figured out here um But I go like, okay, so like I'm going to go, you know, they use, uh, you know, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, whatever, um, some other ones that whatever works with the edge wallet. Um, And I go, okay, so I'm going to like get like $100 of crypto and just put it in this wallet to use when I go do these things. Right now, by the time I get around to going to dinner, uh, it could be $110, (laughs) could be $90, could be $87, could be $200, right uh and for me that's that's way too volatile uh to use for for me to use as a daily use currency mm-hmm. right and they go like well just don't put it like if you're gonna go to the the, the restaurant just go buy like twenty dollars worth of crypto and then go to the restaurant and like spend the twenty dollars in crypto and then done and i go yeah, but now you're just adding extra steps. Like I can just go to the restaurant and spend the $20. The restaurant still takes dollars. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I get it. You want to be an activist. You want to be like, you know, on the bleeding edge of of crypto transactions. You want to be like, I'm in a place where I can spend crypto wherever I go. Like fucking fantastic. Um, And again, you know, it's, it's, it's now convenient and much more convenient than it used to be. I just, I just, that's why I'm asking like how much, how much do you do they keep on hand? I always wonder, you know, for the, for this daily spending and do they just not care? You know, like if, if it dips, you know, 20%, uh, from yesterday, would they still spend the crypto? Right. And I think most of them would. And I go like, why would you do that? When it, if it dips, you spend the dollars and then when it goes back up, <laughs> right. then you spend the crypto. Um, Right, but no, they, there's like the, there's the dopamine hit of spending the crypto that's overpowering. Oh. You know, the finance. You know, the you know the 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 proper financial uh, move. What do they Again. call
1: that? A, a fad or a trend or? Yeah. Sure, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not so trendy. Like, I I, I really believe in 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 Bitcoin's uh, attributes, uh, and the ability for for uh, uh, crypto to to. The, for the network and for its its value to have a difference in our world, so um, yeah, I don't I don't care if people spend it on their coffee or not. <laughs> you know, that's like yeah, it's
0: a yeah. I mean, again, I, 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 I,
1: that's what I always say. There's people that miss the big picture, and I I talked to somebody this morning that thought the same thing. He was going to give his friend uh, twenty five dollars in Bitcoin, and he said he couldn't do it because the fees were too high to to make it make sense, right? Yeah, that's fair. I said, well, fine. Don't give him twenty five dollars in crypto. Like it's it's you know, Bitcoin is a competitor to gold. Would you give somebody twenty five dollars in gold? Like I mean maybe, but it'd be kind of tiny and easy to lose and he, and he probably wouldn't care about it. He'd just oh look this little sliver of, of gold. Yeah. Uh, but if you gave him a gold coin, he would hold on to it. He would treasure it. He'd be like, wow this thing's awesome. Like he'd really appreciate it. And of course it's worth eighteen hundred bucks or so. Um so that's the way i look at it like and if and if that person doesn't have the drive enough to go buy a gold coin or buy at least you know a tenth of a bitcoin or whatever um then why does why does he deserve any bitcoin like if, if he's not going to put in the effort to learn how to do it to i mean it's not hard but you have to, you do have to put in some effort some thought process of what is what is this going to do how am i going to trade with this How long am I going to hold on to it? You know, what do I expect out of it? Um, you know, is there any philosophical reason why I'm doing it? (laughs) You know, or that's a lot of questions to already
0: ask the average person.
1: Well, yeah. Or, or do I just want to flip it? And a lot of people just want to flip it, but then it goes up in value and they forget to flip it. (laughs) And then it goes
0: back down and they're upset. (laughs) Or they flip it, make a profit and then watch it still go up in value. Right. (laughs) And And then they like, then they buy in higher. Right. That's what you talked about at the beginning where they, they miss time it. Right. So you lose value. You buy in. You, you you know you have the same dollar value of Bitcoin, but you have less Bitcoin than you did you know yesterday. Yeah, there's,
1: there's lots lots of lots of ways to to lose money on on Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is just you know forgetting your password, or or, or the government seizes it from you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and okay, so that's the other thing, <laughs> right? The, I don't. The whole the government seized it from you seems to me like it could be mitigated. By right. by not well, if, only having that one access to the to the to the wallet, yeah, if the government seizes it from you, it's your own fault, but <laughs> yeah, if the government seizes it from you and you you have access to a computer, right, you should immediately seize it back from under their nose and leave them holding an empty bag of of bitcoin wallet. We're like, how did that happen? All right A minute ago, there was like a million dollars of Bitcoin on this computer, and now there's zero. <laughs> he must have had an accomplice. And then, like you said, you know, because it's traceable, I'm sure they 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 would investigate that. Um, so get get it get it onto a wallet, get it onto exchange, get it into something else, and then bolt, head for the hills, uh, <laughs> or not, just move it out and let it sit in that wallet. Like you know, if they, if, they, if you don't move it, then they, it's harder to trace. Especially if, like you said, it's a if it's a, a paper wallet, right? And you just move it and then let the heat die down, and then move it again later. Right on. I feel like I should be like a criminal mastermind because it just that might well, be that's a little brash, but it seems when, it seems well, like there the are thing, certain though. things that are seem so simple to me. Uh, it might it might be difficult to pull off, but conceptually seems so simple. They go like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?"
1: Well, when the government gets big enough, then every action or every word that you say becomes an act of rebellion. So you don't necessarily have to be. criminal mastermind just just be a mastermind of your own you know destiny as much as you can
0: yeah well i I mean that's good advice in general right that's that's more like taking a leadership role in your own life overall you know be the best you you can be at all times sure all right shall we move on we shall all right i've got this one this is you know we were uh pre-show Discussing a little bit more of you know the the Trump situation, um, I know that neither you or I MC have been paying too much attention to the impeachment ceremony uh, mm-hmm. that's going on right now, uh, the the kangaroo court or hour, depending on whose side you fall on. Um, that, that wasn't even where our discussion went, but this, you know, Trump supporters getting into it uh, with with anti-Trump people, no good deed goes unpunished. I, I don't know if you've seen this one. Uh, here's no. the s- subheadline headline. Oh, you, okay. Let me read you the subheadline headline and then give it a chuckle and then let me know if you've read it, uh, anything about it. Bafflement as LA Times pundit compares Trump supporting neighbors who plowed her driveway to Nazis. No? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Into the article then. This, this will explain him. Um, you know, a woman whose driveway was cleared of snow by Trump supporting neighbors has repaid the favor by writing an op-ed in which she notes that even the Nazis were found to be occasionally polite, causing social media to implode. Uh, so that one paragraph kind of gives away the the what basically happened. So in case you missed it, uh, it snowed, you know, in New York, I guess where where this uh, or L.A. or wherever, wherever it was snowing. Uh, and her neighbor went, "My gosh, look at all that snow in her yard. Let's do the right thing." And clear this, you know, cl- clear this snow for her, and then her disbelief, as it was, what my snow, my driveway was cleared by a Trump supporter? Well, shit, even the Nazis were nice on occasion. Uh, <laughs> into the article. in a piece in the Los Angeles Times titled "What you Can Do about the Trumpites Next Door, Virginia Heffernan relayed the mixed emotions she felt after her neighbors did a great job, quote unquote plowing the driveway of her upstate New York pandemic getaway. Yeah, okay. So it is New York. I don't know why it was an LA times pundit. Uh, second home without even being asked the free snow removal, apparently triggered a crisis in propriety because the kind hearted volunteer plower uh, belongs to the family of Trump supporters. Apparently Heffernan didn't know whether to thank them or write an accusatory op-ed about them. She chose the latter. Describing the selfless gesture as an act of aggressive niceness. The Brooklyn based author said the gesture was comparable to the acts of charity carried out by Hezbollah. They offer protection and hospitality and win loyalty that way. And they also demand devotion to their brutal us versus them anti Sunni cause, she wrote referring to the Islamic militant and political group not to be confused with her next-door neighbor who cleared her driveway of snow for free. But Heffernan had more bizarre analogies up her sleeve. According to the writer, being nice is a time-honored tactic of all sorts of evil regimes, such as the Nazi-occupied France. In her piece, she recalled, living with a family in France who described the administrations of Vichy France as being polite, quote-unquote, She ended her thought piece by observing that, quote-unquote, loving your neighbor is evidently much easier when your neighborhood is full of people just like you. She added that she was open to working shoulder-to-shoulder with her neighbors, but only when they acknowledged the damage caused by the last four years under Trump. The op-ed did not sit well with many political pundits. The woman compares her Trump-supporting neighbors who plowed her driveway to Nazi sympathizers and Hezbollah and wrestles whether to show them any kindness since she can't give them absolution. Former Fox and NBC host, Megan Kelly wrote in response to the incendiary op-ed note to Virginia Heffernan's neighbors. Don't plow again. (coughs) Excuse me. Her comments opened the floodgates to similar remarks, expressing disbelief and disgust. It's like people don't realize that genuine human connection is in fact, the best way to change hearts and minds wrote popular podcaster Katie Herzog. Another commenter said the op-ed was shameful and serves as an example of how no good deed goes unpunished. Others pointed to the ironic aspects of the piece, observing how Heffernan was judging people differently from herself based on her belief that they treat people who are not like them differently. Mm. Still, there were those who argued that Heffernan was right to object, arguing that the idiocy of Trump supporters doesn't excuse their acts of kindness. On her Twitter page, the writer pushed back against those who said she should be more grateful, noting that her driver was short while admitting that the free plow was a legit favor. Left-leaning pundits have been scrambling to demonize Trump and his supporters following the Capitol Hill riot on January 6th, which has been attributed to to several deaths. Since then, Trump supporters have been labeled as white supremacists and domestic insurgents, with such terms as multiracial whiteness, being invented to explain the former president's popularity among minorities. Uh, End of the article. So, Trump derangement syndrome added again, even though he's no longer the president?
1: Yeah, not surprised. Well, at least nobody got shot this time.
0: Well, how could they? They did did it in the dark of morning, before she (laughs) had a chance to even see the snow as it crossed her driveway. Right. Is Trump to blame for this? Should Trump... Have called the, those neighbors and said, "Do not plow that woman's driveway." I order you to stand down. Of course, of course, because of any anything that Trump supporters do uh, is apparently at the behest of the president, regardless of whether or not he gave an order, made a suggestion, you know, directed them in that direction or not. The buck stops with Trump, and nothing more can be done uh, unless Trump himself takes responsibility for all the acts, good or bad, uh of his supporters. All right. That one was short. Shall we move on or
1: you know? Sure. Yeah. I don't have I, much to say. <laughs> I thought it would be more
0: fun because I, you know, come on. They plow they plowed they plow the yard. They plow the snow. like, right? you know, good on you. And you know, maybe it's my bias, but coming from coming from the left, not at all unsurprising uh, that the response was, how can I be nice to them? <laughs> I will say this, there was, you know, I don't, I don't know if I've necessarily let this go, uh, in my life, but I I have the general, the general position, um, that one good deed doesn't excuse all bad deeds. Right. Like when I, when I apply that to, you know, uh, security services by the police, um, or whatever, they go like, well, the cop did a good thing. Look at him. He's helping that lady, uh, change her tire on the side of the road. Mm Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, but he's he stole her money first, you know. Like, how can it's you know bad people occasionally will do good things that doesn't that doesn't excuse the fact that they're you know road pirates and murderers and thieves and liars and you know all sorts of mean, nasty, ugly things. All right, the you know the the mafia handed out what turkeys on Thanksgiving. That doesn't excuse the the mean, nasty, ugly things that the mafia did. So does she have a point you know is it okay to to acknowledge that yes bad people bad trump supporters occasionally do good things
1: yeah well i don't i don't, know. I don't even know it's like
0: i mean do you do you experience that where you know
1: well, you, you keep saying trump supporters it's like well i don't i don't know like are Trump supporters any better than Biden supporters? No, they're not. Absolutely not. <laughs> and do I care what they do to somebody's snow? I, I really
0: don't. <laughs> well, but it, that's why I, I, shifted the context a little bit because you know, the, the grinder scheme of things is this woman views them as bad as a group as bad. Right. Sure. And there are, there are certain groups in the current world, right. That I view as bad. Right. You know, it, I get, we mentioned the cops, um, you know the the military personnel in general, right? The the workers down at the DMV, public school teachers. So, so, even. so the
1: cops come and they, and they uh, they shovel your your driveway. Uh, what's the correct response? Shoot them? <laughs> Write an article about them? Well,
0: yeah, yeah. So if the cops come and clear your driveway, uh, I'm not going to say shoot them immediately. But <laughs> if you did shoot them, like I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset about that right? (laughs) Because, well, thanks for coming to me. (laughs) You know, they're, they're, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because their, their, their general job, uh, in life, right. Their professional career with the, the path that they've chosen is generally to harass and harm peaceful people. Like that's, that's what they get paid to do. And in doing so, you know, my general position on that is, uh, any sort of violence toward the police is based on, uh, Self defense in some form or fashion because they have already aggressed. Right. So thanks for coming to me. I'm not going to cry about it. Tactically, would I advise it? No. You know, let them plow, let them plow the driveway first and poison them when they come in for coffee. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But you get the idea, right? Like they're 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 generally bad people. She views them as generally bad. Um, and her position that generally bad people occasionally do nice things is not completely off base. All right. All right. I got a bunch more headlines. Um, I'll read through the headlines. You pick one or two. We'll see. Uh, Government fail. Headline. Government fail. We've turned teens into lockdown lab rats. Uh, Headline. Montana aims to save women's sports from Biden's executive order. Uh, Headline. Tampa mayor to hunt down maskless Super Bowl attendees. Headline. Biden considers forcing domestic airline passengers to get a negative COVID test. Uh, Oh, this one's good. Maybe we'll do this one. You tell me. Activists claim LA cops playing copyrighted music to keep videos of interactions with public off social media.
1: Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. I'll read the last 3 and then we'll circle back to that one. Ha. Uh headline troop deployment in Washington area a disaster waiting to happen. Uh headline this DA is trying to prosecute a doctor for vaccinating unauthorized people instead of letting supplies expire. I'm going to line that one up next cuz I, you know, that's another interesting one. And finally, the problem with quote-unquote, you own what you make. This was a libertarian thought experiment. So the the copyrighted music one? Uh, Sure. All right. Activists claim L.A. cops playing copyrighted music to keep videos of interactions with the public off social media. Uh, Police in Beverly Hills have been accused of playing copyrighted music while speaking to a local activist in an apparent bid to trigger a content-blocking feature and keep videos of the encounter off social media. Senate Devermont is an entrepreneur whose Mr. Checkpoint app tips users off to the location of police checkpoints on the road and allows them to rate their encounter with individual police officers. He's also a thorn in the side of Beverly Hills Police Department and regularly live streams videos of himself verbally challenging officers on the street and at protests. In a video posted to one of his Instagram profiles on Tuesday, Devermont enters a police station in Beverly Hills to request a Freedom of Information Act form and begins pressing an officer, apparently Sergeant Billy Fair, on why he's not wearing his stripes and why he's wearing a Blue Lives Matter mask, as well as showing his viewers another officer's phone number. As the encounter wears on, Fair seemingly tires of Devermont's questioning, asks whether they can have a normal conversation sometimes, and begins playing Sublime's Santeria on his phone. And there's the the video of it on Instagram in the article. Realizing that the music could trigger Instagram's copyright filters and have his video taken down, DeVermont declares that this is a form of stopping free speech. (laughs) Instagram's algorithm scans videos and live streams for copyrighted music and automatically deletes them if any is detected. However, short samples of music are permitted as long as recorded audio is not the primary purpose of the video. Should the algorithm miss a video, the copyright holder of the music can file a complaint. The likelihood of Sublime siding with the police and lodging a complaint, however, is slim, given the 90s ska band's enthusiasm for marijuana and riding. After the encounter, DeVermont again approached Fair, this time at the scene of the crime. Fair again held out his phone, telling DeVermont, listen to the music. DeVermont described Fair's conduct as outrageous and told his 300,000 Instagram followers that he would be filing a complaint against Fair and another officer, Reyes. Uh, The Beverly Hills Department told CBS2 that it is looking into these incidences and does not condone its officers playing music on their phones while interacting with the public. (laughs) While Fair's encounters with DeVermont were relatively benign and remain accessible online, The use of copyrighted music could spell trouble for activists recording and publishing videos of actual police misconduct. Video footage of alleged police abuse was used last month to support a lawsuit against the New York Police Department, and the driver in Maryland captured a shocking police shooting on camera last week after goading the officer involved to shoot the suspect. Filming police officers in public spaces is constitutionally protected in the United States, Some countries, however, don't give citizens such leeway. Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron attempted to pass a bill uh, prohibiting the filming of police officers on duty last year, but was forced to withdraw the legislation when massive protests erupted in response. Uh, So end of the article. Uh, What do you think? Do you think this was a purposeful act on the part of the officer to trigger the uh, copyright algorithm on Instagram?
1: Um, yeah, maybe it was, um, maybe we shouldn't be talking about this. They'll, they'll figure it out. The rest of them,
0: <laughs> you know, part of me goes like, Ooh, that's a new tactic. Like, where did he learn that? Um, but then I thought, you know, like it triggers Instagram's algorithm. And right. YouTube's. But, right. But, but TikTok, um, was like, uh, gained popularity basically from the use of copyrighted music in the background oh yeah as short part qu- of the quotes, video yeah. yeah yeah so, so i kind of uh, think that maybe if they were just you know if they had to switch over to tiktok for this uh, yeah. i might not really or, try or just
1: or just put little breaks in in the song in, in the in the clips uh you know shorten sure. it to like 10 second sections and then uh, maybe it won't trip the automatic one right so i think i, I think there are workarounds mm-hmm. um for activists
0: um You know, like like what you said, shortening the clips, or someone said I I was listening to another tech podcast, I think, and they were saying if you speed up the tempo, like ten percent, oh yeah, it throws off the algorithm. Mm -hmm. So you know, you'd have like weird, you know, weird cadence videos, uh, but at the same time, yeah, you can still get through. It may not, you know, it may shut you down, you know, going live. Uh, if that's your goal, but you can always just record it and post it, you know, record it, edit it and post it later, fix it and post. Um, but I think, I think, uh, I think this, you know, would, I think TikTok would be the best way to do it live offhand because TikTok doesn't have that, you know, that same algorithm. If it's not the prime, if, you know, if the interaction has music playing in the background, uh, TikTok doesn't take you down, you know, as, Mm -hmm. as far as I know at the moment. Uh, and I'm sure there are other, you know, there are other apps for, you know, uh, recording the police available out there, man. So figure it out, you know, s- stop using Instagram, <laughs> stop using copyright, you know, places that do this kind of nonsense, migrate your followers over to something more suitable for
1: yeah, that. I'm, I'm still waiting for whatever's the next one to come around to be popular.
0: Um, besides Instagram, like what, what, no, how I mean, do you like, mean?
1: Uh, it's as far as video sharing uh, and uh, content consuming because that's what i, I, okay. I pay YouTube uh, 15 or 16 bucks a month so that i don't have to watch ads okay um i would be willing to do that with another uh, service if if i got as much content but there's just not as much because uh, youtube has all of it yeah i mean so
0: th- that's i want to say that's part of the network effect Mm -hmm. right? YouTube had the first mover advantage for such a long time, right? They, they built up their user base considerably, uh, before enacting all these, you know, draconian censorship policies. Mm -hmm. And so it's taking other companies like a little bit of time to catch up. Um, but you've, you know, probably a few years ago at this point, you said you got to check out library, right? L L B Y (laughs) L B R Y. Yep. And, you know, oddly enough, when you told me that I, I had already had a library account. I was like, I've been on this for, you know, for a while now. And just, there's nothing there. Uh, what's his name? The, the, my pillow guy that <laughs> uh, we talked about this a little bit, you know, last week, uh, you know, his, his doc It's hard to call it a documentary, but his documentary on the, you know, the, the uh, the proof absolute proof I think is what it's called what did you watch it I didn't I didn't finish watching it I still okay. only watched like the first hour and because there's I, other I,
1: I assume it's probably more more ranting and than actual proof I mean proof proof is hard to come by when they delete it you know right so I let me, let me so in the first hour
0: um, there was ranting you were correct um the proof in the first hour um I want to say was more uh statistical proof, Mm -hmm. right? Because he interviewed people like, you know, so-called experts in their field. Um, I, I, I have no way to substantiate the, the validity of those claims either, but what they, the proof that was bringing forth was basically like, you know, the, 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 the possibility of this happening, right. Is so infinitesimally small that there's no way to consider it being legitimate. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was the general theory that I got from the first hour of that document. But my point, you know, with, with relation to this is I watched it on rumble, right? Cause it got pulled everywhere. Rumble was still hosting it. So I go, all right, let's, let's go to rumble and see what <laughs> they've got. Um, you know, a, another thing that I've been into, uh, more recently is, you know, um, uh, firearms training videos and, you know, news and information on that stuff. And a lot of the, and this is the part where I, I struggle to believe that it's, uh, shadow banning necessarily. Um, because they all, they all had the same pitch, right? YouTube doesn't like us. so (laughs) So please subscribe and hit that, you know, smash that button and hit, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think part of me thinks that that's more marketing to get people to hit the subscribe button than it is actual shadow banning. Um, but at the same time, you know, when videos do get demonetized or pulled down, I I can understand why it takes it, but they've, you know, they've been migrating to other platforms, uh, as well. So there are, you know, it's, it's taken, it's taken a hot minute for anything to catch up and it's going to take a a while for anything substantial to catch up to YouTube, obviously, because they have, you know, such an advantage, um, But much like, you know, Parler popping up to to take on Facebook and and subsequently getting shut down, um, it's not unforeseeable that things will pop up and it will be the echo chamber for that group, right? (laughs) It'll be where where those people go to see their videos because it's the only place we'll host them um, until, you know, like Amazon or whatever goes like, no, you're just not allowed to be on our service. Sorry. Too bad. So sad. Bye. And then, you know then more steps need will need to be taken, um, at that time. But it's, you know, for me, I go like, well, you know, wherever, wherever you are, that's where I'll be, you know? So like Facebook, I haven't, it's, it's probably been close to a year since I've posted anything new on my personal Facebook profile. Um, I still maintain it because Hey, bathroom scrolling is a thing. And that's where all the content is, but I have all, you know, I've migrated over to, you know, Telegram and signal uh, you know, I've got people in there and I've, I join their groups and channels or whatever for, for news and information. Um, I still primarily do show prep for these shows off an RSS feed or RSS. Yeah, I said that right. RSS feed. So I am not you know, I'm not too concerned with the, the social media aspect there, but it takes a while, you know, free talk live launched their own social platform on Mastodon. So you're like, well, if you're on the free talk live server, boom, can't get taken down, you know? But it, will it be an echo chamber? Absolutely. Who do you think is going to mm-hmm. post there? Uh, you know, uh, what is it? Matrix with with Element, right? They they run a server there. I'm like, all right, let's just you know, let's migrate over to that thing because they, if it's if it's on if it's on a known server, uh, the likelihood of that being taken down gets reduced, right? Like when you know Gab popped up as a thing. And someone's like, who owns the servers for Gab? You know, we, we got to cancel them too. And Gab was like, we do sucker. So you're out of luck. You, know, you, can't, <laughs> you can't take down our servers because we, we put in the back end. So, you know, mit- mitigation happens and uh, the, the arms race continues between, you know, those who wish to have freedom of speech and those who wish to cancel everyone who disagrees with you <laughs> and on and around and go. And will YouTube always be uh, the number one place? Probably. Right, But that doesn't mean other you know a close second uh, won't pop up and be good enough for your needs if you can get enough content creators there. Moving on, move on. a lot of headlines this week. um let's do this one unless was there anyone that that popped up when I read through that that besides that uh
1: besides that one uh something about uh, you own what you make? Oh, okay,
0: all right. This one is more theoretical. so let's do this thing. Uh, the problem with you own what you make. And again, I, I, I read through this um, and it's more of a, a libertarian thought experiment. I'd like to discuss what is sometimes claimed to be a major problem for theories of rights like that of Murray Rothbard, which start from the principle of self-ownership and incorporate, incorporate, excuse me, the Lockean principle of initial appropriation of resources. In brief, you own yourself. You mix your labor with unowned land or resources, and in this way you acquire the land or resources. The details of what you have to do to acquire the property do not for our purposes matter, and some people prefer to avoid altogether the language of labor mixture. What counts for our purpose is that your your self-ownership is extended outward to objects in the world, making these objects yours as well. The alleged problem for theories of this type is that parents, in some sense, make their children. If you own what you make, don't parents own their children? Thus, the two principles of the theory of rights we're discussing seem to be in conflict. Persons are self-owners, you own what you make, and children are persons. Do parents own their children because you own what you make, or are children self-owners because they are persons and persons own themselves? One apparent escape route for this theory is blocked. Ownership in this sort of rights theory is permanent. Once you acquire something, it is yours to keep unless you give it away or exchange it for something else. Thus, one cannot say that parents own their children but lose their ownership of them when their children become adults. That position would be a different theory from the one we are now examining. A new problem now arises. Suppose parents own their children because they made them. Who made their parents? Their parents? Do these parents not only own their children, but their grandchildren as well? Or should we say that each set of parents owns its own children, but it is not itself composed of self-owners, because each member of the set is owned by its own parents? We seem caught in confusion. Are we driven to adopt the Roman concept of paterfamilias, in which adult males remained under the life and death power of their fathers until their fathers died? They would then, in their turn, succeed to the role of paterfamilias. I won't go into complications resulting from bringing in the rights of mothers in the libertarian theory we are examining no less than those of the father. Uh, One even more extreme solution would be that the first parents own all subsequent generations that they pass on their ownership rights through uh, through bequest to their successors. This solution, if it can be called that, was actually adopted by the defenders of the absolute monarchy, Sir Robert, Rob, excuse me, Sir Robert Filmer, in his Patriarcha, published after his death in 1680. But as the Roman system ownership rights are passed only in the mail line, Locke devotes his first treatise on government to reply to him. Is there a way out? I believe that there is indeed. The whole set of problems we have been talking about arises from a mistaken assumption. Our starting point, once more, is that the principle of self-ownership. Given this principle, the question then arises, can self-owners extend their ownership to unowned resources? To say that they can do so through locking labor mixture or the equivalent does not commit you to the principle that you own what you make where there is taken to include persons within this scope. The question we are addressing to reiterate concerns only unowned objects. Why create a problem where it is unnecessary to do so? Suppose that you reject my solution and claim that self-ownership and you own what you make are principles of independent force. Then you will face the following difficulty. In addition to having to deal with the problems mentioned above, suppose that someone paints your house while you are away from your property. Does he now own part of your house because he has made part of it? It would not be a good answer to say that he doesn't because you did not give him permission to work on the house. The principle you own what you make is supposed to have independent force. Why is it to be restricted to unowned objects? And if it is, it is all plausible to claim that it is not to be restricted to persons whom you have made, when it is also maintained that all persons are self-owners. These self-ownership principles on the view we are contesting also has independent forces, so why is it to be subordinated to you own what you make? This strikes me as bizarre. I seem open to this objection. I'm talking about the Rothbardian theory of rights, but Rothbard himself speaks of homesteading children. Isn't Rothbard then adopting the principle, you own what you make, understood as applying to persons, which I claim is bizarre? An examination of the ethics of liberty shows that this objection is mistaken. What Rothbard has in mind is that parents are the guardians of their children while they remain under their care. Children cannot be prevented from leaving, and as soon as they do, they become full self-owners, thus he says, quote, We must therefore state that even from birth, the parental ownership is not absolute, but of a trustee or guardianship kind. In short, every baby, as soon as it is born, is therefore no longer contained within his mother's body, possesses the right of self-ownership by virtue of being a separate entity and potential adult. It must therefore be illegal and a violation of the child's rights for a parent to aggress against this person by mutilating, torturing, murdering him, etc., But when are we to say that this parental trustee's jurisdiction over children shall come to an end? Surely, any particular age, 21, 18, or whatever, can only be completely arbitrary. The clue to the solution of this thorny question lies in the parental property rights in their home. For the child has full rights of self-ownership when he demonstrates that he has them in nature, in short, when he leaves or runs away from home. In my view, the language of homesteading of persons is best abandoned. Retaining, it's, retaining it causes confusion and nothing essential to the theory is lost by giving it up. Uh, and a weird note at the end. Uh, end of the article. Your thoughts on owning what you make.
1: Um, actually, I, I didn't enjoy that very much. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, some I things you, just come down, yeah, come down to it's it's not even just a thought experiment, but uh, uh, a word a word experiment. You know, it's uh, just a lot of words. It's stuff to think about, and maybe we, we should come up with a better way of explaining it. But um, yeah, it's it's not that interesting to me. Okay, and it's kind of, kind of the same as uh, Stefan. I mean, extreme example of that is Stefan Molyneux's um, uh, absolute theory of uh oh what was uh generally preferred behavior or oh generally like
0: preferable behavior yeah see and i I've I read that and I kinda like that concept
1: um but it's like he, he's he says he, he he doesn't like word salad but then he created a lot of word salad so
0: <laughs> that is true but I don't I don't ha ah, man. I understood <laughs> I read it Right. And I understood the point he was making and I generally agree with the point he was making in that. But a lot of a lot of the evidence that supports his position in that work um was negating the contrary. Mm-hmm. Right. Like uh, universally preferable behavior, I think is if, if yeah, we didn't get it right the first time. Universally you know, it was basically um which if which if actually opposite the word I
1: came up with, gen- generally, is, is a better word than universally because like, the, you get you get to talking about absolutes, and then it doesn't matter anymore.
0: Right, but in but in, in the work, the absolute was was proved ba- because the lack of absolute right was was harmful. Right, right. People don't murder is bad um, as an absolute it, because universally pre- people prefer to not be murdered.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And if if you, so that's the, you know, the universally preferable behavior is not murder, not being murdered. Therefore, murder is a universal bad thing to do. Right.
1: Except if it's baby Hitler. Uh, That's a judgment call. Maybe. I don't
0: know. Maybe, maybe they could have just put him in a cage. See, and uh, (laughs) if, if you want to talk about baby Hitler, right, baby Hitler did nothing wrong right <laughs> like if if you're going if you're going to punish an entity right it should be after after a violation has occurred right yeah well everything he did was legal so well then you know what can you do can't imprison him <laughs> get rid of government <laughs> that that would be a good start right because because yeah, see, then if there you was
1: could... no government then hitler wouldn't have been able to do anything
0: he still may have, but this, okay. So this goes back to what we talked about, you know, with, with, uh, the Chaz chop thing a few months ago and my defense for the autonomous zone and any sort of, you know, non, non-governmental organized, uh, movement is the fact that it's not a government movement removes all legitimacy of the bad behavior in the minds of the general public. Right. They, they, they might do, they, they do the same things that governments would do, but people go, yeah, you can't do that. You clearly cannot do that. And in my mind, that's a good thing, right? The, the fact that people go like, you clearly cannot do that. That is a violation, um, is better than, you know, them going, well, it's the government. So of course they can do that. Um, so any movement that, that removes the government and removes the, the, the veil of legitimacy from bad behavior uh, in my mind is a good thing. So if there was no, if there was no government, uh, you know, the, the, the minute Hitler tried to do anything aggressive against fellow human beings, right. Would have been immediately seen as, nope, that's a violation of human ethics, uh, of universally preferable behavior, perhaps, uh, and, and consequences would have fallen after that. But you got to wait for the violation. You can't kill baby Hitler. You can kill like teenage Hitler, you know, if he stole a milk dud or something. You know, just set 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 up the court system that way. Whatever Hitler did wrong, like life in prison or death, like but he has to do something wrong first. All right. Final thoughts? No. Nope. All right, we'll wrap it up then. That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com on telegram, t.me slash anarchist experience, or t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, hey, we're still on Patreon because we don't matter. Uh, Patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Peace.